Hello and welcome back to Empowered the Podcast. Good morning. Today's guest is such a treat. She's such an inspiration. As always, I bring you inspiring people. Jennifer Byers Chambers survived a traumatic brain injury at age 15 and was told by the doctors and therapists that she may never walk, she may never drive a car, she may never have a relationship or a job. She's been married for 25 years to her husband. They have three beautiful children. She's written 23 books with her 24th book coming out in April. She has a podcast called The Courage Checklist and a journal coming out, The Courage Checklist. I'm excited for you to hear this fun conversation. If you enjoy, please leave a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Thank you and have a blessed day. Hey, Jennifer. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for taking the time. I'm so excited to hear your story. I know that you're an author and you've written 23 books. You're amazing. And then you've had podcasts, but now you have a newer podcast called The Courage Checklist. And I'm excited to share about it and have you share about it and what your mission is and a little bit about you. So thank you for being here. Thank you yeah. so much, Linda. It's really, yeah. it's really a pleasure. Uh, I'm so excited to hear everything and share with the world your transformational story too, because I know that you had an injury. So tell us a little bit about you and how you created 23 books. That's amazing. Like tell me what they're about and you know, tell a little bit about you and yeah. Well, my um my my injury, my car accident, I was in a car accident when I was 15. And I had a brain injury, which means I had the kind of brain injury I had. I had to relearn everything from walking and speaking to tying my shoes. Everything. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who my parents were. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, it was It did was you, pretty. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Did you remember who your parents were at some point? No. Oh, really? You just had to start over and just believe them that that's your parents and all the things. Oh, my goodness. It was, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Actually, one of the things about being brain injured is that you're paranoid anyway, because you don't know what's true and you don't know. So um, I was laying there in the hospital. I was in a coma for a while. And, and after you come out of the coma, it's it's not really for me anyway. It wasn't like a like on TV where you're like, wake up and you're suddenly yourself again. <laughs> it took a while. You wake up and then you go back to sleep, essentially, and the way that my coma was. So, um, yeah, I really had to take on faith that everyone was who they said they were. I thought that I was being held prisoner, actually, because, you know, I was 15 and I didn't know. Oh my goodness. So what was it a was it a drunk driver or what happened and who were you alone in the car? Or, I mean, you were 15, so you couldn't have been alone. No, I was actually I live in a small town and it was about as cliched as you can get. We were coming home from a football game and there was two there was two cars of us and we didn't know the other people who were in the cars. There was five people in the car I was in and five in the other. And the people who were in it didn't know that the drivers wanted to race. So, mm. so we were racing home and we were on a gravel road. It came, it was a road that turned to a gravel road. And then uh, evidently the driver was going about 80 or 90 and then sped around a corner 
and the car rolled over six times and landed on a fence post. Mm. I was in the back of the car and I hit the fence post. So everyone told you this. You didn't remember any of it. Oh, yeah. No, I don't remember. I really, I still, I don't have any memories since before I was 15. Like no childhood, no nothing. Oh my goodness. So tell me when you, um, and if there's anything else you want to share on that, but tell me about 23 books. Like, were you, did your parents tell you you were into writing before this incident? Like, were you a writer? Like, tell me where all this writing and natural passion for that came from. Well, it's interesting because I had to, um, because I had to relearn everything. Uh, apparently, even before my accident, I wasn't so good with numbers, and that certainly continued. <laughs> but um, the thing that helped me get better was reading and books because books were so much easier to understand because they stayed still. My brain took a little bit to catch up. So at first, particularly now, it's fine. But at first, it was easier for me to understand how people related to each other by reading it. You know, so I would read a, a book and and it started to make sense to me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I guess before my accident, I was a writer. I don't remember it. But, um, you know, things like I wrote for the school newspaper and stuff like that, but I, I didn't remember it. And right. then I sort of, um, you know, I was a, a reader, but, and and reading continued to be something that was easy for me and fun for me. But then I didn't really write again. I wrote through college and, and things, but I didn't write professionally until my my second son was about three years old. And, and I thought that I would give it a try. And a local literary magazine had like, like an open call. And I just sent something in. And then I ended up sending more in and more in. And eventually, I, uh, I bought half of the magazine. And now I own the publishing company that is that created it. And oh, I used, love it. I used to I used to write whatever they paid me to write, basically. <laughs> and now that you own it, what are you doing? Are you writing? Um, we publish other people's books and we publish anthologies. We publish um, all different kinds of books, mostly memoir, a lot of history. Those are the kinds of things that the people who are writing them um, in our area like to write. So we're just very small, but mm-hmm. it's fun. And I write my books for other companies. Okay. I was really passionate about women's history, so I started writing books about it, and I wrote a couple of those. and And then my um <laughs> my my kind of secret thing that I always love, and I know everyone likes true crime, but I loved I love true crime. I've always liked it. Maybe it's because I was a I had a traumatic past. It, I related to it, and so my my book that's coming out number twenty four actually is coming out in April, and it's true crime. So, wow. Okay. And so the books that you have written, I noticed some of them are like on Oregon. Is that where you live? Yeah. Yeah. I live in Oregon. So they're, they're about history of my area. And then I've written, um, gosh, everything from cookbooks to like children's books, women's fiction. I wrote some scary books. Again, they, they were willing to have me write them. So (laughs) I just kept writing. And I just wanted to try it. I wanted like, to see what kinds of things I would want to write. So yeah. So the book that's coming out in April that is mm-hmm. called True Crime. What is that about? It is about. Uh, it's called. It's got a great title. I didn't actually. I didn't. I have input, 
on the titles, but I don't get to name them. The company that I work for does it. And it's called Murder and Mayhem in the Willamette Valley. And Ooh. it's 13 different true crime cases. Some are, some are a little bit more uh, spooky, I guess, than others. There's There's cults. There's historic crime. There's all different. There's serial killers. It's there's, true. Is it true? Based on yes. true? Oh, wow. That's that's fun. I mean, it's scary and all that, but it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting so. to many, right? I think so, um, yeah. Yeah. So tell us about the podcast and why the podcast. What made you decide you wanted to do a podcast? And it sounds like you had a podcast prior to this current pod- podcast. I did. Um, My first podcast was called The Resilient Podcast, and it was all people's different stories about coming back from um, situations in their life that were like my own, Uh, people who were resilient in their own lives. And I liked it. It was great. Um, I didn't didn't continue it because I wanted to make it a little bit more broad. I I wanted to have a little bit more of a purpose rather than just people's stories of how they recovered from something or were able to persevere through something. Um, I I created the courage checklist because after my accident, there was an actual list of things that I was told that I would never be able to do. I was in, um, actually, I was eavesdropping because I was 15, you know, so, <laughs> so after I'd mostly recovered, my parents and my doctors and, and the, the other people who worked with me, I had three different kinds of therapists, physical, occupational, and one more, I can't remember, but they all had to get together at this big group and literally write down things that they told me or they told my parents that I would never be able to do. So they're like, so is she going to be able to drive a car? Is she going to be able to have a family? Can she live independently? Can she go to college? Can she have a job? Stuff that normal people take for granted was never going to be possible for me. So of course, I was like devastated. And I sort of internalized that list and I've kind of made it my mission to check off everything on the list. I'm not done, but I'm close. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. I love that you did at at that young age, you were like, no, that's not my sentence. Like you just said, I'm going to do these things. Am I right? I mean, you were like, yeah, that driven. And I hear so many stories where like, the doctor said, you're never going to walk again. Or, you know, mm-hmm. how about the miracle movie? I don't know if you saw that movie uh-huh. with the boy that drowned. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember that movie? Uh-huh. I saw that with my son and I love that story. It's based in a true story. She prayed. Now tell me about faith. Was that in your recovery and all that? Did you, do you have a higher power that you believe in? And do you, have spiritual practices that maybe helped you? Well, I certainly, I mean, I don't have a very strict religious practice. I'm definitely very, very spiritual. And I felt like when I was in the hospital, there was a reason for me to come back. I really very much felt at one point that I was given a choice to come back or not. And I chose to come back knowing for some reason, I don't know how I knew it, but I knew that it would be painful, but that, that was the choice to, to live or to, or to not. And, um, I have never forgotten it. I really, uh, I feel at first it felt like it was a lot to live up to, like that 
Like, what was I safe for? Why am I so special? Um, but, but now, now that I, especially now that I have my family and the, the people I've been able to touch with my own story, I feel like there was definitely a reason for me to be here. So, um, as far as a spiritual practice, I do uh, a lot of meditation to, and I definitely use my higher power in that. And, um, I do a, a lot of different types of meditation. I do a lot of, I like to walk, um, in labyrinths. There's labyrinths um, near our house. Those are I, I like. I think walking meditation is really helpful because it helps me. I, I don't know. It helps me move through things in my mind if I'm moving my body. <laughs> I so love that. that. That really helps me. Oh, I love it. So tell us, you have a family. You have a child. You have children. I, I do. I have. Um, I have a wonderful husband and that I've been married to for t- almost twenty five years, wow. and um, and and it's really interesting because I never thought that would be possible for me either. Like they didn't think that I could walk through the grocery store and find the way out, let alone find a partner that I've been with for so long. I I never thought that was possible for me, and I didn't think I would have children either because I didn't think that I would ever that would ever be possible for me, but. Um, I have, I did have to spread my kids out. I have a 21 year old boy. I have a, who's in college. He's almost done. He's going to graduate this year. Yay. Um, I have a 17. (laughs) Thank you. I have a 17 year old uh, boy that's graduating from high school this year. And I have an 11 year old girl and we did spread them out because I couldn't with my brain. I just knew. And my husband was, is incredibly supportive, but I can only do one little kid at a time. That's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Even if you have, I mean, it's a lot. It just right. is. I had one, I have one adult son now. And mm-hmm. I always, when he was young, I would think, oh my gosh, how do people do it with three kids or two kids? It's like, it's a lot. It, it just mm-hmm. is keeping up with all their things. I mean, it's a full-time job, you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. So tell us um, with the courage checklist, what are you tell us about the show and who are your guests and what is your mission with your podcast? Because of my checklist, I was really thinking about what would make my show more meaningful than the last iteration of the show. And I think that everyone has, it's more than a bucket list. It's the stuff, because I feel like bucket lists are easy to disregard. You're like, oh yeah, sure. I'd love to go study in Paris someday. Or yeah, I really want to live in the Caribbean. But but there's so many things that we internalize that are things, maybe not a, a list like my list, but everybody's got stuff like, God, I really, I always wanted to learn to play the piano. And why have I not moved to Washington, D.C.? Because I really want to move to there or or whatever. Everybody's got their version of their list. that, And I want to encourage people to um, maybe learn from me, maybe not, but be able to share their lists and um, get inspiration and really be able to check off the stuff on their list because I feel like that's one of the reasons why I'm here is, is to be able to really in, if you are lucky enough to have a life, let alone a life again, like me, um, second life or whatever. Second chance. um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, use it. Our time is so short. And oftentimes people don't understand that unless they have something like I had, but it's just so easy to be blase about, our time and our time is so valuable. So we should do it, what we want to do with it. We should really spend. And, and that's, that's really the thing I want to encourage people to do is I love take chances and 
make things your your best, whatever that is for you. Yeah. Like improve their life. If they're not happy, like take an action, do something, take, Mm -hmm. take a step forward. And Mm -hmm. like, I personally transformed my life in December of 21. I went to an event in Miami with Gina DeVee. She's a coach and an author. And it was a three-day workshop and it was just very transformative. And I had some epiphanies. And then the final night in the restroom at the hotel restaurant, I was like washing my hands and I was had this divine download that I belonged in Florida. And I could sell my home and pay off debt. And, you know, my son was graduating college. He was relocating. Everything lined up for me. The universe and God really supported me. I had a coach at the time who was supportive, all the things. And then I started a coaching business. I started the podcast, I, you know, all the things. But I, I had fear and all kinds of things that showed up. But I, you know, pushed through. And like now I'm so grateful and happy. My soul is thanking me. I mean, I was at the beach this morning at 10 a.m. Like because I was, I just said, you know what? I'm going to go to the beach. Like I can, I have time freedom. I have my real estate license down here too, but, and, um, and then now I'm doing this other health and wellness thing. But the point is, it's like, you know, we get to decide. And like you said, we have one life and nobody should, should be unsatisfied. Like no one should be unhappy. We can do something about it. We are powerful beings and we have choices, right? Mm-hmm. So I love that. I love that message that you have. And um, so when did you start the Courage Checklist? How long has it been? Is it out right now? I'm writing the book on the checklist. I have the the journal about ready to come out. The journal should be out by the end of next week, actually. Um, and it's a journal that goes with the checklist. It's It's sort of a way for people to get to their core things that matter to them. To be able to write their list, part of the thing for me is having people write their list. It seems so dumb, but it's so powerful to write your list and put it somewhere where you can see it and literally write it down. Because it just, I don't know, there's something about the action of putting your hand to the paper and then seeing it and then being able to check it off and be like, yes, I did learn to play the piano. Or, you know, yes, I did learn, you know, I did jump out of an airplane because that was something I always wanted to do. And so I you can build it. on that, you know, so. Okay. Um, yeah. So you have a, a workbook journal coming mm-hmm. out and the podcast is out currently, right? Yes. I was listening. Uh-huh. Yeah, I forgot. I realized I was listening. I really enjoyed it. It was very inspiring. Um, before, I always ask two questions to my guests at the end, typically. And one is, if you could tell your younger self or the teenage person out there today, I know you have them, but mm-hmm. um, what would you in today's world with, with social media and all the things and comparisonitis, like what advice would you give the young person today or your younger self? Like That's a great what? question. Yeah, I like that. Um And that's funny because I was literally just talking about that with my daughter on the way to school this morning. So (laughs) great minds think alike. I think it's so interesting when you're younger, you don't, you're self-absorbed and and yet at the same time, you don't take your own self seriously enough. So you don't take your own wants and needs seriously enough. And you don't, you don't believe that you can do what you really want to do. 
And at the same time, it's really hard to to not think that all eyes are on you when you're a young person. You feel like, oh my gosh, you know, my hair looks stupid and everyone hates me. <laughs> and no one's going to remember what your hair looks like tomorrow, <laughs> let alone today. Everyone's focused on themselves. So be focused on doing the most important right next step for you and only good things will follow. I really think that I, 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 I wish that I had done that when I was younger and I try to do that now. <laughs> I love oh. it. <laughs> I love that. And then the other question is, is there a book or a coach or um, a famous mentor or anyone that had an impact a huge impact on your life. Is there any special spiritual teacher or, you know, author? That I really, a whole lot of change happened for me when I think I was probably, I don't know, 25 or so. When I found the work of Julia Cameron, she has a book called The Artist's Way. Uh, that's her first book there. She has several other books that are really great. It's a spiritual path for artists and, and really trying to help you get to know your artist self and to, and to believe that you're an artist and to really help you have that kind of self-confidence. And she's using artists in a really broad term. So I took that as a, as a writer because I'm not an artist for beans, but <laughs> you are an artist. A writer is a creative and that is an art. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I love that. So Julia, I've heard of the book, The Artist's Way. What is her last name again? Cameron. Oh, Cameron. Okay. Yes. Awesome. She has she has several books. Um, there's the first one, which is it's a 12-week kind of it's designed to be like a 12-week course. And um, some of the some of the things I still do today. She has she does stuff like have you write in a journal for three pages every morning, just like like total mind dump, mm -hmm. like mind to page, stuff That's like that. And she also powerful. has you do stuff. It is, and she also has you do stuff like take yourself on a weekly artist date, doing something that only you like to do for mm -hmm. one hour. I love it. So mm -hmm. I think that is really important. Even if you're I one of the things that I have done is um like go and pet cats at the shelter or uh, or go to an artist store and or go buy magazines or whatever your thing is. It doesn't have to be expensive, but something or go to a beautiful park and walk around for an hour or go to the beach, you know? Yes. Oh, yes. Just changes your vibe. It just, you know, mm. transforms your mindset, If especially if you're not in a happy place. But I mean, if this is just a practice that she's having mm. you, is this something you do weekly or daily? Because weekly. 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 I like that. I'd love to do it daily, but I don't yeah. have time for that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So weekly for sure. I love that. Cause I also have that book, The Joy Diet, and she kind of talks yeah. about doing something every day that you that you love. And um, but which could be taking a bath or, you know, mm -hmm. meditating for three minutes or, you know, mm -hmm. having a coffee someplace. But before we wrap up, what else would you like to share with the audience, Jen, with um, your podcast and how people can find you? Or is there anything else you want to share before we tell them where they can find you? Oh, no, my my new book's coming out in April. So look for that. It's available at every bookstore nationwide. Um, and if you would like to share your checklist on the podcast, I would love it. You can always find my information at the Instagram for the podcast. It's at the courage checklist, or at my website, which is jenniferbyerschambers.com. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. 
So the book is called The Courage Checklist, correct? Yes, the book is, and the workbook also. Okay, so it's a book and a workbook. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, sweet. I'm excited for that. I love it. And journaling is, it's such a powerful tool. And, you know, we really don't realize how getting your thoughts down on paper really makes a huge difference in just feeling better, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So thank you again for being here. That was amazing. Thank you for sharing and I'm looking forward to seeing the book. Wasn't Jennifer's story so inspiring? I just love talking to her. I could have continued talking for so much longer. She's such a light. She's so sweet. I hope you took something away from the interview. I hope you found value. If you did, please share with a friend, subscribe and review. It would mean so much to me. I'm on a mission to reach as many people as I can. Also, I am a child and animal advocate, and I'm going to put two links in the show notes. If you could help out, that would be amazing. CASA, which is Child Advocates for Kids in Foster Care, is in desperate need of support. They need everything for these kids. The link is in the show notes. These kids are yanked out of their home, sometimes in the middle of the night, and they don't have their things, and they need a lot. So please, if you can help, great. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting my podcast. Have a beautiful rest of your day and live empowered.